Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Studio Owner's Circle podcast. We are getting real in this episode. I am your host, Lauren Perilli, and I am sharing with you my experiences of 16 years as a studio owner and how we define success, new success, new visions of what we want our lives to look and feel like as studio owners moving forward. The systems we have created in the past are no longer working for us. If we try to hold on to them, we will break. We must move together, have big conversations, redefine our vision of success, and get really real. So here we go, we are gonna dive in, and I promise you the four steps I outlined for you today will be life-changing. So let's get ready, here we go. Hello, studio owners, and welcome, welcome, welcome. I am so happy to be here with you all today. Um, Today is a special day. I'm gonna be telling you a story today. Um, I feel called to share something with you that I sort of just realized too over over the course of the last couple of days. So before we dive in, I just wanted to preface this this episode and welcome you all here today and just invite you to maybe close your eyes for a minute, maybe turn off the outside world, um, really carve out some space for yourself no matter what you're doing. Just take a quick moment with me to take a nice deep breath and really feel into your body, maybe give ourselves a yawn, a stretch, some movement, getting movement through our bodies. Ah, deep breath and an exhale. We are in an intense time of the year. We are approaching the holidays. Well, we're in the holidays. We're in the holiday season. We're approaching winter solstice. We're approaching Christmas and the new year. And there's so much energy moving all around us. And it it is fiery. Here in New York, we are awaiting a snowstorm. There's supposed to be a big blizzard coming and um, we never know what that's going to bring the city and what is going to uh, to happen as a result of snow in New York City. It turns things upside down. So we are just taking a moment to feel into our bodies and connect with ourselves, connect with our breath and just feel our present moment and feel the power of this moment and if we were all uh, sitting around I like to always like to imagine that we're sitting around together in a circle and we are with each other because I have a candle lit for us and I'm drinking my coffee and I'm drinking from a mug that says God is within her she will not fall God is within her she will not fall and I just find those words so incredibly comforting Um, no matter what God you believe in, that the idea of that is so incredibly comforting. And um, so, yeah, so today we're going to, I'm going to be telling you a little bit of a story um, that just kind of put pieces together for me too. And, you know, as a studio owner, pre-pandemic, I really prided, prided, is that a word? Uh, prided myself on, I took a lot of pride in building a strong studio with a great reputation. I'm sure like many of you, this is your, this is our life work. 
no matter what kind of studio we have, dance studio, yoga studio, music, any kind of performing arts studio, this is our sacred work, right? We got into this not, chances are, not for the big bucks, not to get rich quick. I mean, if you did, God bless you, but um, I think most of us out there got into this business because we love it so much and we had a burning desire within us to share the gifts that we've been given and to share something that we love and and really we've just felt so lucky we've felt so lucky throughout the course of our um, running our businesses that you're able to do this work in the world I mean that's certainly how I have felt and and I've had a studio in New York City in Brooklyn New York for the past 16 years and I expanded uh, about 10 years ago. So we went from a dance studio that offered all the major disciplines, ballet, tap, jazz, hip hop, modern, contemporary, to expanding to becoming a full performing arts center. So we offer children's, a children's theater program and acting and voice and, and audition prep classes and workshops. And it's really this full-fledged performing arts school because I realized, especially being um, so close to Manhattan, that you can't just be a dancer. Come on now. You have to be a singer and an actor and all of the above if we are really going to be um, successful. That's not to say that you can't just be successful as a dancer, of course, um, but it certainly aids you and behooves you to understand how to use your voice and makes you more marketable. So I decided to open up a full performing arts studio, one of the only um, all-encompassing art schools around. And uh, again, we started from nothing. I had a, a hope and a dream and a, an idea spark within me. And I also thought that my inner child, me as a 10-year-old, would have loved something like this in my backyard um, that I could participate in weekly and I could get really good training and it would allow me to be on stage and, and I'd get experience and and it would sort of just open up my world. And in fact, that's what it has, that's what my studio has done for many children and has propelled them to the next level in their training. It has enabled them to get into their dream schools. And this is a studio that I am, I'm really proud of. I'm proud of my sacred work. I'm proud of the product I have put out there, the talent and the um, skill set that I have instilled in my students and not just me, but my team and my faculty. And, and all of us working together. Um, but it has definitely been a labor of love and it has definitely not been easy. Uh, it has been work. It has been work. And the, the reward for that work is how gratifying it has been. Um, that is the reward, that is the true gift back that dance, that the performing arts gives us is the, the, the gratifying quality, the way that it fills our hearts, right? So that's all well and good. <laughs> that's all well and good. But fast forward now, um, 
you know, it's been it's been 16 years of hustling and grinding and making things happen and and running on empty and and real seasons of intensity and spinning, 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 spinning so many different plates and then literally crashing after a recital or crashing after a show, not being able to talk to anybody <laughs> for a couple of weeks. Um, because I was running myself into the ground and because I was running myself so ragged and to be quite honest that's that's all I knew you know that's what needed to be in that moment I'm going to take a sip of my coffee here that is how I knew to operate that's all I knew and um, that's what worked for me operate on intensity, run on overdrive, cram to get things done. Most of the time I waited for the last minute, not intentionally, but because that's how my best ideas happen. Um, I get sparks of creativity usually in the moment and of course it's always at the last moment. Um, so naturally my body just after all of this needed to collapse and just stare at the ceiling for a while or stare up at the sky for a couple of weeks on end to to recover and you know the nature of that is just unhealthy and i'm sure you can feel where i'm coming from i'm sure you experience situations in your shows and your recitals and your seasons of intensity with competitions very similarly to that and um, I definitely want to press, preface that that is unhealthy but it often is what is called upon so there's no judgments in in that so fast forward to pandemic life and New York shuts down and we all shut down across the world and all of a sudden everything that I have built and everything that I have worked and working towards end of your shows and competitions and showcases and concerts and recitals and yada yada everything is gone everything is put on pause everything everything in an instant was just literally shut off and whoa then what now what we're forced to ask ourselves, what do I do now? And there was one week, I gave myself one week, not intentionally, but that's how it happened, of nothingness. There was one week of space. And it was me and my daughter, my daughter and I, during lockdown oh my grandma would just be excuse me who 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 was it my daughter and i <laughs> were um, quarantining self-isolating together and she's eight years old and i it took everything in me to conquer whatever fear i was experiencing and demonstrate love in its place and demonstrate joy in its place and I did that for her and I did that so that she would it would minimize her fear and her confusion in all of this and together we would rise above and experience this in the most joyful way as possible and so we played and we 
went for little walks and we hung out in our backyard and looked at nature and we just had fun for a week. We watched movies and we played and we cooked and I didn't talk about work and I didn't focus on the studio, at least in front of her. And I was able to give her my best because that was what was necessary. That was what was required. That was the most important thing I could do was to show up for her as a beacon of strength and joy and love and support for her in that moment. And we had this week of I guess, you know, to an eight-year-old would be bliss. (laughs) No school, no work, no dance, mommy's attention. And, And then slowly, of course, we settled into a new routine of online schooling and online dance classes as a result. And I got back to refocusing on the studio and decisions I had to make and Zoom classes and then of course it was applying for PPP loans and EIDL loans and and the hell and torture that 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 was and I mean y'all there were moments that I just cried and cried and cried because I was so in over my head um, and confused by it all and and now of course I feel like a rock star that I navigated through that and learned everything I had to, had to learn about that but Um, It was exhausting and it was literally killing me, to be honest. I, I sat there and I felt like I was in the throes of a nervous breakdown, trying to be the best mom I could be, trying to be the best studio owner I can be, trying to be a leader for my staff who was just as confused and scared as, as everyone else was. And, and I felt like the life force was being sucked out of me. I was literally killing myself for my studio. And I was overwhelmed, I was lashing out, there were tears, there was lots of wine, there was so much so much exhaustion. And at the end of the day, for what, you know? Yes, we I saved my studio and and we did amazing work and I am incredibly and immensely proud of what we were able to offer collectively as a studio to our student, students during that time. But my daughter turned around and said to me a couple months or a few weeks after our, the initial lockdown when we sort of got back into the swirl and the chaos after that brief one-week pause. And she said, Mommy, do you remember back? Do you remember that time when we had fun together? When you weren't always doing your work? Can we go back to that time? And this is coming from an eight-year-old. And she was talking back to a time, and I, I couldn't really understand her. I said, what do you mean, baby? What, what time? She said, you know, when you had no work, there was that time. And I realized that she was talking about that one week that the world paused, or that our world paused. And in her eight-year-old brain, or seven-year-old at the time, she, this was such an amazing, incredible week for her. And I thought, wow, 
I am, what kind of a disservice am I doing to my own child all in the name of saving my business? How she can look back at this week, this one week, when here I've been given this gift of time and space. How am I using this? What am I choosing to focus on with this gift of time and space that I have been given? Get been given. Now, make no mistake about it. I am not saying or suggesting that people who have lost loved ones, that people who are sick with COVID, that this is a gift. I believe that this experience has rattled us heart and soul to the core on many levels. But for those of us who have had the privilege of remaining healthy, we have been given space and a pause. And it is our duty during this time. And I feel almost our obligation as as humanity to take a look and say, what am I choosing to do with this time? How am I spending my life force? How am I spending my energy during this time? And the reality is I was spending it all on my studio. I was spending it on my students. I was spending it on their parents. I was spending it on showing up for them fully and completely 300% when they probably only needed 60% of me. And that's the difference. I was literally working myself to the bone as all of you, many of you, so many of us were during that time. And when my daughter said that to me, I thought there has to be another way. There just has to be another way of living through this. And in that moment, something shifted in my mind. And I said to myself, I am no longer willing to work myself to death for anything, to be quite honest, but certainly for my studio. I am no longer willing to work myself to death. And if it means losing my studio, okay. I don't think it will mean that, but I think if that's what's in the cards, that's what's in the cards. But that is a compromise and that is a choice I am willing to make because I am valuing my health and my sanity, my life force, my relationships to the people that I love. I am no longer willing to compromise my health, my sanity, my life force, my relationships with people that I love because of my studio. And my question is, are you? What are you compromising for your studio? And is that a choice you are willing to make? The answer for you might be yes. And that's wonderful if that is your choice, but it was not, it is not my choice. It is no longer what serves me. Now, moving on, I am not independently wealthy. I rely on my studio for my livelihood. It is the only work that I do. And the question of course is, well, how do I run my studio, which I believe is my sacred work and my purpose, or it certainly has been up until this time, 
and still be successful in a new way because I made a promise to myself and I said it out loud. I said, if we ever get to open our studios again, because remember in New York, we didn't open our studios until September um, in New York City. And I said, it is going to be, everything is gonna be different. And I am coming back in a new way. And I made that promise and that commitment to myself. And it has definitely forced me to shift mindset shifts in my brain. So how do we remain successful? How do we maintain a level of success that we have been used to if we are showing up in a new way? So the first thing that comes up for me is redefining success. Okay, so I had to, I have to, it's, it's continuous, redefine success in my mind. So success at one point, I guess when I was in my early 20s and mid-20s, success really felt like I am the hardest working girl on the block. I am hustling and I am building this studio and I am just burning at all cylinders and spinning all these plates and I got it down, right? I thought that that was really, I have, you know, really, really made it. Um, and that's great. And, and in my 20s that that is what fueled me and that was my drive and my energy and my spark. And that shifted over time and the awareness and recognition of seasons of your life, the importance of different things changing during seasons of your life is, uh, is a real thing. And so my definition of success has changed. And now success is doing less, achieving more, having a greater impact, um, expanding, broadening, bring people in with me to work with me that support me and can also carry out my message and carry out my teaching and, and help sort of get, get our word out to a grander scale. That is how, what feels truly successful to me. And maybe success for you is knowing that in order to be compensated, I need this much money. So therefore I need to do X, Y, and Z, right? So maybe success is saying, I need X amount of dollars every month to maintain my bills, to maintain my lifestyle, and I can achieve that number, let's call it 10,000 a month, right? I can, I can earn that much money and that will make me successful. So that is my goal and that is how I'm redefining my success. Okay, and that is valid, great. Perhaps you're saying in order to be compensated in time, I need to do this, X, Y, and Z, right? So maybe it's saying, I need three days off every week. Two days off isn't enough. One day off isn't enough. I need three days off every week. I have found that, um, you know, I used to, I worked six days a week, so Sunday was my only day off. And that is not enough for me anymore. That is just not okay by me anymore. I cannot just have one day off and work myself to the bone the other six days. It does not replenish me. 
It does not refuel me because what happens is that I cram everything else into my life into that one day. I don't get to see my family. I don't get to see friends because I'm too tired. I'm doing laundry and yada, 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 right? So that no longer serves me. So you might come up with the idea that you need more time and space and that is how you choose to be compensated. So there's all these redefinitions of success. It could be money, it could be time, it could be I need a a team underneath me and so in order to be compensated, I need to have people who I delegate work to, who support me, who give back to me. That is how I feel successful and that is how I maintain a particular level of success by having people do things to support me. Um, And that's wonderful. And there's people who that is a skill set and a talent all on its own. So just being aware of redefining what success means for us and what success looks like and most importantly, what success feels like. Success to me feels like I don't have to go into work today if I don't want to because the studio will run without me because I have created roles for people and I have given people responsibilities to do things that they are good at in my studio so that we can all work together to build this. I am so grateful for my team. And so for me to say, I'm gonna step back today, guys, and let you all handle this and roll with this and do what you're good at and let you shine, that really feels like success to me at this moment that I can sort of pass the torch. So step one is redefining what success looks like and most importantly, feels like for you. Step two for how do I maintain a successful studio while I shift my intentions. I have to detach from past expectations. I have to let go of what no longer serves me. So yes, that might have been what was necessary then. That might have been the way we did things at that time but it is no longer needed now. And I have to let go of that. I have to let go of those expectations that I put on myself. So yes, maybe in other years, we decided to go to three competitions a year or five competitions or 10 or one or nationals or what have you. Maybe that was what was necessary then, but is that truly necessary now? And does that align with my vision of what I want my life to look and feel like. And that's a really hard one, guys. I don't mean to imply at all that this is easy. This is hard. Letting go of expectations that you put on yourself and that other people put on you is challenging. But that is why we are in community together. That is why we are in circle together. That's why you're listening to this podcast. It is to help support you through making these difficult decisions because it is in making these decisions that you will find your freedom, I promise you. So maybe we don't go to 10 competitions a year. Maybe we go to two or maybe we don't go to any or maybe we go to one. And there are people that you're really going to piss off. And that's okay. We have to be okay with that because understand that if you are not okay with disappointing some people, 
then that means the one you're really disappointing is yourself. And there are certain disappointments that we are able to sustain within ourselves, and there are disappointments that are not okay with us any longer. Right? So I'm not okay with taking away from my relationship with my child because I am putting all my energy into my relationship with my student's parents or my my students. Yes, there's going to be weekends where she's going to be disappointed or what have you, but as a whole, looking at the big picture, how do we detach from past expectations both that we put on ourselves and that other people put upon us? Letting go of what no longer serves us. And step three is by taking action steps towards the vision of what we want to create for our lives. And this is in baby steps. Sometimes these steps just feel like little teeny tiny baby steps, little teeny tiny baby steps. And I have to be honest with you, sometimes it, for me it was like, I'm going to make this person a key. <laughs> They're going to have a key to the studio. And that, you know, for a control freak like I am, that was a big deal. I'm going to give you a key to the studio. And in the back of my mind, I thought, okay, well, this way, if I'm running late, someone else can open and I can take the pressure off of myself. And then it felt like, okay, well, I'm going to come in late. So you have the key now, you can open. And oh, doesn't that feel luxurious? And doesn't that feel lovely? And doesn't that person, my, my teacher, my staff member that I gave the key to feel important? Oh, she has the key to the studio now and there's responsibility on her and it made her feel really good too. So sometimes an action step is just making someone a key, right? Or or asking someone to turn the heat off or showing, instilling those responsibilities in someone else can help take the burden off of you, right? So that was one little action step I took, or maybe it was saying, hey, I'm not coming in every Saturday. I am going to come in every other Saturday because the Saturdays that I have my daughter, I want to spend with her. And that is really important to me. So I am going to be coming in every other Saturday unless it's absolutely necessary that I come in, right? So that's another action step that I took. Again, I am still there. I can zoom in if I want to take a look at the classes. Everyone has my phone number. Anybody can call me, although they've learned that they don't need to because I've given them the tools to succeed and make decisions on their own. However, I am getting to spend my energy and my time and my life space with someone who is incredibly important to me, <laughs> my own child that I truly, quite honestly, had been ignoring in, in this because I was so committed to showing up every single Saturday for my students. Action steps. Right? So step one, redefine your version of success and what success feels like to you. Step two, detaching from past expectations. 
Step three, taking action steps towards the vision of what you want your life to look and feel like, however big or small they might be. And step four is to change in the moment. And this is the real magic of any kind of transformation. Being aware in the moment of saying, wow, I am feeling really overwhelmed or wow, I am operating the way I always have operated and wow, I am going into remote mode because this is what I know. This is what I'm used to. This is how I have always done things. And building your awareness around those moments. It's not always possible to change the way we've done things, right? It's not always possible to change everything all at once. And that's probably not even a wise business strategy, just to change, changing everything all at once. Um, and there's things that I have committed to that I have asked myself af- afterwards, like, wow, why did I commit to that? Was that really in alignment Was that really what I needed? And so something that has, like for example, we are doing this Christmas show, holiday show, I'm sorry. We're doing a holiday show. And it went from being a small little thing to being quite a larger um, production, virtual production, of course, but we're building sets and we're bringing in, you know, trying to transform the studio into a holiday space. And there are moments within that that I'm like, I know I'll be really happy that I do this, but in this moment, why? Why am I doing this? I'm not making any money off of this. I'm not receiving any more time off of this. Like there is zero compensation for my energy other than how happy I'm making the kids. So that has to be enough. That has to be enough. But is that truly in alignment with what is needed? And is that truly in alignment with what my part is? So I am learning, and we're all learning, changing in the moment. And before I commit to something, asking myself this magic question, will this drain me or will this sustain me? Will this drain me or will this sustain me? And from that question, making choices that are more in alignment with the things that truly sustain and serve me. It's not easy, y'all. I've never said it was easy. But it is what is needed right now for us as studio owners. If we are going to move forward together into creating a world, into creating new realities, new systems, new structures that support us and help us to continue to do our work. Because make no mistake about it, I always come back to this, the work that we do, the way that we live, the way that we operate is influencing not only your immediate family, but your studio family. The people around you, the people in your world, your, the team that you lead, the students that come to your classes, and their parents and families and mothers who are looking at you and saying, wow, how does she do it all and how does she do it all with grace? I want what she's having, right? This is contagious. And this is the kind of... Um, virus we want to be spreading, if you will, right? This, the magic of, of 
true deep self-care and self-love and sustenance and success personal success and growth is what we want to spread what we want to instill in our students and in our children and it comes from us it comes from making deep choices that are difficult they're not easy if it was easy everybody would be doing it but you know what everyone out there is complaining everyone out there is complaining and there are very few people who actually want to go the extra mile and do the work and those are the people that I am calling in to my world and those are the people that I am reaching out for and those are the people that are connecting right now ready to lift each other up as we move through this next phase of what we are being called to do with our work in this world. And so, to review, we redefine what success looks and feels like. We detach from any past expectations of ourselves and what was put upon us. We start taking action steps, even small itty bitty ones, action steps towards envisioning, towards aligning with our vision of the life we want to live. And we change in the moment. We ask ourselves in the moment, will this drain me or will this sustain me? And we start making choices from there. And this is how we stay committed to our studios. We stay committed to the people that we love and serve in our schools, in our studios, in a way that is not only successful for them, but successful for us on a deep, deep level. And I wish you so much peace as we navigate the last couple weeks of this year and reflecting back on the turmoil and the ups and downs. And I wish you space to pause if that's at all possible and to change in the moment. And as we set our course for the coming year and we set our intentions for what we are looking to draw into our lives and into our studios and into the people that we love and we lead, may we stay grounded, may we stay rooted in our success, in our deep knowing, in our wisdom, may we stay in the presence of love and may we step forward with strength and courage and be a force and a beacon of light and hope and new possibilities for all those around us. Be well, and I'll see you next week. If you enjoyed this podcast, please remember to subscribe and leave us a review. It helps us get the message and this medicine out there. The more people, the better.